0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 58. To another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst.
1: And I'm Brett Hurst.
0: And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. All right. Yes, it can be done. Well, today we're going to revisit a topic that we covered a while back, Uh, On our very first episode of Marriage to the Max, we did a topic called The Three Types of Marriage. I remember that. Very well. And that episode continues to be one of our more popular episodes, and I think it's because people can easily sink their teeth into it and identify with it. A few years ago, you and I came up with some helpful verbiage around um, what we were seeing as certain categories of marriage.
1: Just to help people classify kind of where they are.
0: Yeah, because we were kind of seeing some patterns with the couples that we were working with. They tended to land in three different categories, and these may be kind of broad, but they're kind of working working categories, I think they're helpful. And so we we dealt with all three of them in our very first episode, but you and I were talking the other day and we were like, maybe we should kind of unpack those in a little bit more detail.
1: I think that's an outstanding idea.
0: Because it was your idea? That's right. Okay. And so we, we thought it'd be helpful to just take one per episode. And so today we're going to tackle the crisis marriage.
1: Oh, sounds ominous.
0: Well, it does sound ominous, and there are some things that are not great about a crisis marriage, but we've got to talk in reality here, no. and hopefully we can give you enough um, language around it so that you can be able to identify you being our audience.
1: Yeah, and even a crisis marriage can lead to great things. Absolutely. So we thought that today we would tackle some of the hallmarks of a critical marriage. Uh, for instance, trust. Trust is a very vital, foundational component of marriage. And when trust, or the lack of trust, is a continual issue in your marriage, then there's definitely need for attention. Possibly need for alarm. Um, trust is foundational for a marriage to survive. Sometimes people assume that when we talk about trust, we're only referring to fidelity in marriage. You know, not cheating, not having an affair, that kind of thing. But trust can also be broken by not keeping your word in other areas, you know, making lots of promises and then not following through, uh, agreeing on a budget, uh, going rogue after you've agreed on a budget and then, you know, spending money that that you don't have or that the other person didn't know you were doing, that kind of thing. These are ways that trust can be worn down. The good thing is trust can be rebuilt again, but but it takes effort. Sometimes it takes time. So either building trust needs to be in motion in the works so that it's on the rise or your relationship really could be in danger of completely collapsing, wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, another sign of a cri- or a possible crisis marriage is that when open war is going on in your relationship, either behind closed doors or in public or both, you're probably at a critical point in your marriage. What do you mean by open war? Well, marriage wasn't designed to hold up under constant assault. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one can really live that way where... Everything is an argument. Everything's a battle. Your Mm -hmm. spouse can't do anything right. Mm -hmm. Um, That starts weighing over time on two individuals, and most people just can't handle that. Over time, they'll end up just getting out.
1: And we've talked in multiple episodes before that that you can get in that state by not – Nurturing, fondness, and affection for each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and one of the ways that you can maybe even identify if what – I mean, most people are pretty aware that if they're fighting all the time. Yeah. That's pretty much a felt need. It's
1: pretty obvious to everybody. Yeah,
0: but like one thing you could even think of are we did an episode, uh, episodes 54 and 55 that deal with the four toxic traits in marriage, mm-hmm. which are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Right, and if these right. are, are – um, markers of a lot of your conversation, then that may be, you know, you maybe have to open your eyes to that and see that maybe we're having more conflict than we need to have, or Mm -hmm. we're not managing it the way we we could. Yeah,
1: those are definite good indicators.
0: Yeah, so sometimes the best you can do, because, you know, you can't control your spouse, we talk about this all the time, sometimes the best you can do is just to make sure that you're doing your part in not contributing to, say, verbal assault or, you know, unhealthy... um, things that you're doing in your relationship. There's a, a scripture from 1 Peter 3, 9 that says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you can't speak truth and love to your partner. I mean, if you've been a listener of Marriage to the Max, you know that we absolutely believe that healthy marriages speak honesty and truth into right. each other's lives, Definitely. but you are can stop your part if there's insulting, if there's assaulting, if there's contempt. Y- you can change the dance just by changing your response and behavior.
1: Yeah, and just to highlight what you're saying, I mean, how much good can that really do when even just one person does that? Mm-hmm. It can do a significant
0: yeah, it can am-
1: amount of good for the marriage, and you and I have – seen that where even just one person is invested in wanting to help the marriage. The other person isn't even playing ball. Mm -hmm. But that one person who is invested in, uh, uh, as the scripture says, not returning an insult with an insult Mm -hmm. can move the ball forward in a a very positive manner.
0: Yeah, because what you're doing is you're changing the dance step. And when you change the dance step, the other person is forced to either change with you, Mm -hmm. figure out the new dance step, or step out. (laughs) And so something has to change. So you really have more power as one person in a marriage than you might think you do.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Okay, then another situation, very complex situation, is abuse. Uh, Where there is abuse of any form, whether it comes from the husband or the wife or both, uh, it can definitely put the marriage into crisis. Abuse – As we just said, it's a complicated situation. There's different types of of abuse, some, many of those, in fact, um, might require separation. Uh, There's physical and sexual abuse, for example. Those can be pretty clear cut, but they can be ambiguous as well. If you're experiencing either of those, your first requirement is to find help and and get good uh, professional counsel. You need to protect yourself. So that may require you removing yourself from that situation. Mm-hmm. Verbal and emotional abuse, uh, on the other hand, gets a little trickier. It depends on the, the quantity and the quality of that mm-hmm. uh, verbal and emotional abuse, I guess. you know, Overt verbal and emotional abuse are much more obvious uh, than the more subtle forms. Verbal abuse, uh, things that would fall in that category would be name-calling, uh, bullying, uh, reviling someone's character, mm-hmm. emotional abuse on the other hand is debasing another person's feelings, causing that person to feel inept or or not cared for or worthless. You know when you're shaming another person. Mm-hmm. You know without putting too fine a point on this, if you feel that you're being abused on any level, something's probably definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a healthy relationship, abuse does not exist. Right. Period.
0: Mistakes happen, but abuse is not That's one right. of the hallmarks of a healthy relationship.
1: Exactly. So, even if you're unsure that what's going on is technically abuse, you should at least be aware that something is not working in the relationship. Try to seek some outside help with with some type of professional to so you can get a little bit more clarity on on what you're in the midst
0: of. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Another sign that you might be in a crisis marriage is if your children start acting up as stress builds up in your relationship, your marriage might be in a critical stage. We see this a lot. Yeah, children's behavior can often provide a barometer of what is happening inside a home. Not always. And so you want to be a little bit careful here, but you and your spouse might believe that the current level of health in your marriage is just fine. It's okay. You feel like you're kind of guarding your kids from whatever stress. Is happening in the marriage, but your children might sense that something is wrong and that something needs to change. And so, just,
1: and just to stop you there, you, th- you know, I'm listening. To that I'm thinking, well, how can the parents have one viewpoint and how can the kids have another viewpoint? Mm-hmm. But sometimes that happens. You get so comfortable and so uh, adept at fighting that mm-hmm. you think, well, we've got this. M- managed mm-hmm. and this is our routine and mm-hmm. we know what we're doing and we get a we even get a little bit of a emotional rush from doing this mm-hmm. and and it's like the frog cooking in the boiling water thing mm-hmm. you don't realize that you've really moved into a a damaging state of affairs
0: yeah so it's been said that children are Excellent observers, while being terrible interpreters. So, a lot of times, our kids, you know, they sense that things are not where they need to be. Sometimes they better no, than
1: sometimes better than we do.
0: Yeah, but they have no idea how to put words to that or express that in any way. And so, sometimes they do begin to act out, or they might even clam up and completely withdraw, which are both kind of typical, you know, coping mechanisms for kids. So, it's just something to keep an eye out for. And this is. This This doesn't mean that if your kid gets in trouble at school, something's wrong with your marriage. But for most people, if they were to look inward, they would probably be able to honestly say, well, you know, there's some stress between us that we're not dealing with. Mm -hmm.
1: So kind of related to that, if your relatives or friends, close friends, people that are really in your tight circle, if they start telling you that they're noticing problems or they start asking probing questions, that that might be an indicator Mm -hmm. instead of being on the defensive when uh, somebody in your tribe, so to speak, uh, tells you that they see something that might be problematic, try to see it through their eyes. If it's someone who loves you, you know, do your best to interpret their concern for you as a loving gesture for your family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's easy to feel really defensive when someone outside of our marriage says, you know what, I noticed this, or I wonder if this is okay.
1: Mind your own beeswax. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're, we're rugged individualists. We don't necessarily want people helping us out, but sometimes that can be the beginning of getting some help or noticing mm-hmm. things you may not be uh, present to. Something else is, if language like this exists in your marriage, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Mm-hmm. That is not good. This is not impossible to overcome, but Mm. it will take recognition and intentionality on both of your parts to breathe life back into your relationship again so that love has the opportunity to grow. We always say love is not a feeling, it's a decision and an action. And it's nice when the feeling accompanies that. But sometimes, uh, you know, married couples who've been married a long time and the Mm -hmm. marriage has grown stale, um, you have to start practicing the decision and the actions, and then the feelings can return. Right. But the feelings are kind of, you know, they kind of have a life of their own, and you can't really depend on them or predict right what's going to happen with the feelings.
1: That's right. We're talking about a long-term commitment here, and you know, it's just like maybe some people get a cold every January. Well during that time, you feel rotten, (laughs) you know, but if if it's just a cold, you're going to get over it and you're going to start feeling good again. Yeah. It's very similar to uh, a long-term marriage.
0: Yeah. You got to fan the flames sometimes. Well, you're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max. And if you are in the Greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner and a Marriage. We would love to have you join us. Visit dinnerandamarriage.org to find out more details.
1: Getting hungry already.
0: Well, we're continuing our conversation called The Critical Marriage. And so we're just kind of moving on and talking about some more signs that um, accompany, typically accompany a critical marriage. And another one is that. When you and or your spouse look for ways to spend most of your free time away from each other rather than with each other, um, this is probably a sign that there's some serious trouble.
1: Now, hold the phone here, because sometimes you want your quiet time and you want to be, let's just Mm -hmm. be frank, you want to be away from me in another room.
0: The is that what word, you're talking about? The key word in that sentence is sometimes. Uh-huh. This We're talking about kind of more often than not, you're wanting to spend time away from your spouse. right? Remember that friendship is a huge cornerstone of a healthy marriage. And so naturally, you want to spend time with your best friends. Oh. All of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, if your spouse is not on that list, that can be a sign that something's not right because you should want to be hang out and use your free time. And it doesn't mean that you have to spend 24 hours hours a day with your spouse. Most of us wouldn't have that opportunity even if we wanted it.
1: Well, we don't always have the same shared interests in Exactly. Marriage, and know, so,
0: so, of course, you want to have outside friends that yeah. you can hang out with and enjoy each other's company. But when you find that that's what you're seeking more of mm-hmm. than wanting to be with your spouse, I think there could be a problem there. Mm-hmm. I remember back when... Um, you know, years ago when I was in high school, and my mom was building her business, and my parents' marriage was definitely on the rocks, and right. they'd be the they'd be the first to say it. I happen to notice, even as a teenager, that she was just spending more and more time at work, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was, you know, she was feeling the kudos, she mm-hmm. was getting appreciated, she was getting her accolades at work, right. um, and that was what she loved to do. But it was obvious to the whole family that they were not desiring to hang out with each other
1: they weren't moving towards each other they They were moving away from each other yeah
0: so if that's if that's a sign in your marriage you might need to take a closer look at that
1: another indicator is when you or your spouse is looking elsewhere to have emotional needs met and then definitely if they're looking outside the marriage to have sexual needs met you've you've got a problem (laughs) Um, but but back on the emotional thing this could be something as innocent as you know exploring Someone through Facebook or uh, you know chat rooms or you know doing stuff at the gym or looking elsewhere to find something someone interesting to talk to about a certain subject, but that it's 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 a loaded landmine kind of thing because uh, when these types of temptations are fed, even by just opening the door of curiosity, then then a crisis is is either ready to explode or maybe it's already happened mm-hmm. in your marriage. Yeah, You've got to be very protective of the priority of that commitment to that person you're sharing your life with.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Another sign, this would be an obvious sign to most, uh, when you or your spouse is having an affair.
1: Yeah, that's not a good thing.
0: That definitely, but the the only reason I put that in this episode is because you and I have actually met with couples Mm -hmm. who one of them is having an affair and they actually think their marriage is okay. Mm -hmm. And so believe it or not, people can so deceive themselves into thinking, well, I love my spouse and everything's There, but I just want to entertain this This, relationship. This will strengthen
1: the marriage somehow. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So, marriage is in emergency mode when betrayal is in the works. Um, You know, I don't think we have to say this, but I will. Marriage is designed to be an exclusive covenant relationship between husband, wife, and God. And when you have a sexual relationship with someone else, the marriage is in crisis. We've said it before um, marriage 101, don't have an affair.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, we've also commented many times that so often affairs are symptomatic of some of the other things we've talked about prior, the emotional disconnect and mm-hmm. some other things like that, but uh, definitely an indicator to get help. Uh, another uh, clue is if laughter has gone out of your relationship. Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> this might not seem to be as critical as some of the other signs uh, that we've talked about. Uh, maybe you... maybe Sense of humor is not the biggest value in your family, <laughs> but uh, but don't be fooled because if you if you see that this never happens, yeah, you know that you're laughing and enjoying one another, then that might be the time to begin to infuse laughter back into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because we believe a couple that doesn't laugh together has lost a critical healing component to their relationship. Mm-hmm. And the scripture even says laughter. Or a cheerful heart is good medicine, Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Mm-hmm. If you stop laughing together, your marriage can naturally just slide into crisis mode. Yeah. Everything's just got too much serious weight to it.
0: So tonight we're watching a Jim Gaffigan video. That's our lab work,
1: <laughs> right? Well, and I always do my part to inject laughter, <laughs> indeed, yeah, oh, for the indeed. health of the marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: the next sign is that when hope. Uh, when hope that a serious problem can be resolved is waning and thoughts and threats of leaving the marriage are being entertained, more than not, your marriage is probably at a critical point. Um, Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I like what Brene Brown says about hope. She says that most of us think of hope as a feeling or an attitude, but really hope is a practice. Like exercise. Mm -hmm. It's something we can get better at. We can actually get better at hope. You know, so you can think of it like a learned skill. And the truth is that sometimes we just don't feel hopeful about a situation. Mm -hmm. That's just life. But we can practice being hopeful, and over time, we actually might see that our attitude is changing, and so if you find yourself just thinking more and more, this is hopeless. We we won't get any better. You know, mm-hmm. we've tried this, we've tried that. You know, there's something you haven't tried, and there's something you haven't tried in a long enough period of time to give it some traction. Um, you know, nothing's hopeless. Right. I don't think in marriage. I mean, we've seen some pretty potentially hopeless situations. That ended up good, right? So you always just never know.
1: Yeah, you always talk about me by nature being, you know, per, a very optimistic person, mm-hmm. and then I would say that you know, being in Scripture and reading the promises of God, that definitely injects a lot of additional hope into me. But what what do you think about just community, and what do you think about just being around people
0: mm-hmm. that are
1: hopeful and that are, uh, you know? putting hopeful messages into your life and your marriage, even if your marriage is not all you think it should be right now. I
0: think it's enormous, because the main thing we hear when we talk with couples about whether we've led a marriage retreat and there's been 30 couples all together in a room for a weekend or we've hosted a class and so couples have heard from other couples or even in our married life group which we've been together with six other couples for 7 years now the number one res- response we hear from couples is wow we're not alone mm-hmm. i thought we were the only ones right. who dealt with that that
1: isolation yeah
0: and again and again you find yourself going oh they deal with this too mm-hmm. you know and they're okay and we can find some language about it and some encouragement about it. And you just cannot, particularly if your marriage is in crisis, you cannot swim up that river by yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, um, I agree. Y- we, we really need outside help and encouragement. And if for no other reason, just to hear that other people struggle with the same thing you do right. or something similar.
1: So part of your prescription would be surround yourself by people that with are speaking community. hope and life into your, you into bet. your marriage. Yeah. I Good. think
0: it's important.
1: What about just the divorce word itself? I mean, you always like to tell the story of are making that a taboo word in our marriage.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the signs of a crisis marriage is when the word divorce is being thrown around like a, a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, it often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you and I were first married, we were, you know, uh, very idealistic and we didn't know what we were getting into. But one of the things you said from the beginning is divorce is not an option for us. You mm-hmm. know, we had both come from divorce and
1: our parents. Yeah, yeah our parents right.
0: divorced. Right. And, um, you know, that's a bold statement to say in year one of mm-hmm. marriage, you know, that divorce is not an option, but.
1: Especially if it's in your family tree. Exactly. Or, yeah.
0: um, and, you know, and we don't want to bring, you know, guilt and shame on people who are divorced. Oh, that's no, never our, our no, intention. Not at all. Yeah. But the idea, what we try to tell people is, you know, when you do make the decision that divorce is not an option, you've got two ways you can go. Mm-hmm. One is, oh my gosh, I'm stuck with this person for the rest of my life, you know doomed, woe is me. Or you can say, there's no way we can get out. So we better make this fantastic. Mm -hmm. Because if I got to stay with you for the next 50 years, it needs to be good. So and that was the direction we went. And we built it and kind of designed it. It's certainly not problem free, certainly not mistake free. Mm -hmm. But when you have that, as you don't have your your backdoor option, it does kind of change things. You right.
1: Know? So do you still think you're stuck with me? Yeah.
0: I am totally stuck with you, but I'm so happy to be stuck <laughs> with you, and I sound like a Huey Lewis song. Yeah. But it, to the point, you need to think of the word divorce as a threat, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, every time you use it, you tear down one more piece of trust in your relationship, so you just need to not use it at all. Yeah,
1: it's not a hopeful word. Yeah,
0: it, it's kind of a weapon, really. Yeah. Well, we've known couples who were deep into a crisis marriage, and they have, not or not, found happiness and fulfillment in their marriage relationship, nothing is really impossible, but it requires real work and intentional commitment. Um, So if you've listened to this episode and you have identified with as a critical marriage, please don't lose hope. Mm -hmm. Um, There is help if you'll ask for it. You just need to reach out and find it. You can contact us, Uh and we can put you in touch with someone who can help you.
1: And even while you're waiting for that to happen, prayer is your greatest Mm -hmm. ally. And yeah. mean, we, we just don't tap into prayer enough, and, and we just don't believe that prayer really changes things, and it does.
0: Yeah, indeed. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or a question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email to the Hursts, that's H U R S T S, at homeencouragement.org. And we will do our very best to get it on the air. And we hope you'll share the love by rating this podcast on yes. iTunes this helps us to have more visibility and if you write us a nice review we'll try to give you a shout out on the air
1: so rate us with six stars which is one more than you can
0: (laughs) thanks for listening today and until next time remember healthy marriage healthy world God bless y'all